Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 97.1 FM Talk. Podcast. All right, I, I just had to do a quick wardrobe change because we have this kill meet event tonight, and Jane came in here looking so fancy. She's got her cocktail attire on. You have sequins. Yeah. So I have put my uh, my Barbie Knuff uh, hoodie on this afternoon. Does this now, work for it you? It looks like you stole that from your daughter. Well, here's what happens. The movie companies send these bribes out this time of year to get votes for awards. And Give them my they, address. They sent me this. Now, if you're watching on the, uh, the YouTube or the Twitter channel, you can see this outfit. And the glasses complete the look. The glasses are actually from Oppenheimer. The, the Oppenheimer people sent these. I love that. I could use that for skiing. But I know. But doesn't it kind of complete the look, don't you think? No. Should I should I go to the Kill Meet event like this tonight? Not if you want to be seen with me or Sue. That's right. Well, or Abby. You can sit I with think me the answer like to that, that question fine. would be I want to be seen with Sue, yeah, but not you. I know because I you know you hate when I look better. It's you know really I am going to be challenged here. Putting the reading glasses over the goggles is a little <laughs> tough. That was Sean Flower, the voice that you heard there. The Eureka Mayor. We're going to go down to his fine city and you know er, make some tax money for you guys. I think tonight, Wait, right? If someone yeah. buys gas or something like that down in Eureka, don't you I get might. a little piece of that? He's maybe? Nice. I get a little piece. Yeah, How are great. you, Sean? I'm doing great. Good to see you. Also, He's going to get me a, a corsage for prom. Oh, yeah, I got to get out of here early so I can buy your corsage. <laughs> yeah, and now, your you boutonniere. Will, you will be at the event tonight. I will be at the event. I'm excited to meet your date down there and see the first dance. It's going to be awesome. Exciting. I don't have a date. <laughs> well, he's joking. Yeah. See, it's it's a prom joke. A it's yeah. a prom joke, Jane. Shut up. Former <laughs> state senator Jeff Smith is with us this afternoon. Do you want to be my date, Jeff? We'll be the most loved Democrats in the place. <laughs> I think they're going to check my papers when I arrive. This no, ought to be hilarious. I think the electric fence might get us no, on the way into your region. There's a, right? two, there's a two max. We appreciate it. Now, you've got a special pass down there. Well, I do? Okay. I might You're change. inviting me? I might change before tonight, but I'm going with this. And Sue, I'm going to tell you right now that you know how cold this studio is. This thing is nice and warm. So this might be my little hoodie that I keep here at the station. You well, might see this, you what might see I this all the time. Originally, right? when I saw that. I'm going to bring an electric blanket. Uh, who watched the debate last night? I watched I, it. I only watched snippets. Yeah. Uh, Sean, I'll start with you. What did you think overall? Now, you know, my, my standpoint going in or my position going in is I was worried just because I knew how slick Newsom was and DeSantis. You know, I, this struck me from the very beginning. And I know, Jane, you said you saw the clips, but from the very beginning when Sean Hannity was introducing these guys and what they called the great state debate, DeSantis goes like this. He just he he winds his mouth and he try he tries so hard to He's smile. A Stop doing that, Ron. You just just kind of look normal. Just if be you're a capable. dude. Right. He doesn't he doesn't do well at that. Now that doesn't disqualify him for president. And what was interesting to me is I was keeping count last night. I was doing a little math, right? <laughs> and there wasn't one damn issue 
maybe one, but not more than one, that Gavin Newsom did not lie about last night. Oh, please. He, Jane, he lied about everything. He lied about unemployment in his state. He lied about criminalizing librarians in Florida. He lied about the border. There wasn't anything that he told the truth on. He, there really wasn't. I was stunned. He tried to make the case. This is my favorite thing. He tried to make the case that workers are better off in California than they are in Florida, where they have no damn income tax. He also tried to, to make the case that there are more people leaving from California to Florida than vice versa when there was the paper, the main daily in California, the L.A. Times, did a story three days ago that said exactly the opposite. The, so that, the, the crap that true. comes out of his mouth is unbelievable. He doesn't slobber on himself like Joe Biden, but I could not believe <laughs> Look, the level of dishonesty. Smith, you guys want to talk about Trump Look, lying? And I, yeah, he I lies. Say, I agree with the thrust of what you're doing right now. I want to see a return to fact-checking, and I'm heartened to see that the party of Trump wants to nitpick on the facts oh, because, of yeah, everything they, that yeah, let's begin on the, well, on the fact-checking. Okay, but you know that I've called out some of that nonsense over the years I because do, I, I don't that. like it when, when things— like, When people even lie. From the, when this people is are the full biggest shit, inauguration yeah. day we've ever had in history. I mean, that—come on. Stop it, right? But— this is pretty serious policy stuff last night, and he's just able to slip away each and every time. I blame Hannity a little bit because I think Hannity could have called him on this stuff. DeSantis' responses were good. I mean, on the freedom issue in particular, let's, let's play that because I do think that, you know, DeSantis scored some points here on freedom. i got to find the right bites here. Um, you guys want to give me a couple of he's minutes? He's winning and... on freedom. I mean, that just is great. Who's... Look, I, I think— um... DeSantis is not very good at this, right? And if you had a debate between Ron DeSantis and Jeffrey Dahmer, DeSantis might have a chance to be the more likable person. But wow. in any debate with someone like Gavin Newsom, like he DeSantis needed everything on his side, which he got. He got the home, he had the he home, got field a home field advantage. advantage. Yep. You know, he got questions that were slanted on the issues that were more favorable to him. So that was all, you know, helpful to him. And Newsom is clearly a more what, skilled what do you guys, What do you guys think is better in California policy than uh, on an economic or a tax or any type of substantive thing, Not like maybe not on a social policy? What's the better thing in California than Florida? The well, climate. Said, well, okay. No, I agree with you. No, my thing is, there's think, a lot of California I don't like. I would 100% agree that uh, DeSantis has some uh, – affectations when he gets up there like it just looks like he's forced when he right. goes and i think on a pot like on a just a looking at him he'd be better off to go look i'm a boring guy you may not be the person you want to have uh grab a beer i'm not going to try to charm your confront pants it. off confront right i am my wife's much more charming yeah, right here and be self-deprecating you're at and i think that it'll be interesting to see where that goes but i am so tired of bad policy from everybody that to me it's interesting to watch a guy get up like he had a very good line where uh, uh, Gavin started talking about how uh, well how, what does Disney think about where you're at and he goes I'll tell you what Disney thinks Disney likes me because we kept them open we opened them up in 2020 and you left your Disney shut for an entire year except, afterward except Disney but doesn't like policy. the Santa's. but what I'm saying is do they did they like being shut for an entire year in California I mean just on a pure policy wait hang on hang on stop the madness because I want to play this and this is going to lead us into further conversations on this because I think this is important on the freedom issue and this is important you know when it comes to what happened during COVID etc California does have freedoms 
that some people don't, uh, that other states don't. You have the freedom to defecate in public in California. You have the freedom to pitch a tent on Sunset Boulevard. You have the freedom to create a homeless encampment under a freeway and even light it on fire. You have the, the freedom to uh, have an open air drug market and use drugs. You have a freedom, if you're an illegal alien, to get all these taxpayer benefits. So, so those are freedoms. They're not the freedoms our founding fathers envisioned, but they have contributed to the destruction of the quality of life in California. And the results speak for themselves. People are leaving the state because they have failed in addressing the homeless population. All right, Newsom responds. Well, I love, I love the rant on freedom. I mean, here's a guy who's criminalizing teachers, criminalizing doctors, criminalizing librarians, and criminalizing women that seek their reproductive care. You're making it harder to vote. You're banning books. I mean, spare me this notion of freedom. Jeff, you're a smart guy. We, we, we get along in a lot of things, right? There's not, there has not been one book that's been banned in the state of Florida. There's not been one book that's been banned in Missouri, in St. Charles. You guys make this crap up all the time. DeSantis, to his credit, showed gender queer last night. He held up the pictures, something that local papers and national papers, when they write about gender queer, they never show the little slides of the little boy sucking on the other little boy's penis, just to be honest here, because that's what happens. And you guys can look shocked at that, but that's what happens in that book. And you guys think it's fine for kids to read it. That's not true. I, yes, you don't ban it is a book. true. You just don't let children have it. And that's exactly that's what's that's happening in did. Florida. That's what's what? happening in St. Charles. And you guys make this claim like Gavin Newsom, and it's never challenged that books have been banned. I saw it on Fox 2 a couple of weeks ago. Books have been banned. There's no books that have been banned. No, not, I, can you I, name one that's been banned? No, no I actually you agree can't. with you on that. But I also think you have to move these books away from children. There, there is a subtlety here. To say that kids are being groomed and there's a book ban, both are hyperbole that doesn't move the ball. The bottom line is inappropriate conduct or, or inappropriate words and books need to be kept away from younger children. That's where everybody is. That's where 70% of the population is. I agree, Jane, this but that's not where your party, your party grooming, wants to claim that we're, we're banning books and they want, you know, how to bang like a porn star in the high school library, essentially. No, no one has oh. said that either. See, that's the thing. That's both sides. The hyperbole does not reflect Smith, reality. Smith, you never answered my question. You know that, right? Well, frankly, I think the hoodie you're wearing should be banned. But <laughs> well, I'm not going to disagree um, well, yeah, with that. But yeah, it's but offensive. Talking about just going back to the the policy issues, and you know, uh, Mayor Flower, you know, asked the question, which you know, what policy is happening in Florida that that isn't? What do you like better? You know, in what, what do you like better? So you know, just a couple of things. The first one would be as as I think uh, Jane alluded to was you know a six week ban. A lot of women don't know they're pregnant at six weeks. And, yeah, that's and, outrageous. And, and that's you know, but that's not in my mind. I go, that's not really a. But again, I, that's a policy. That's a, oh, no, the Supreme I'm Court the gave that to the states. But for the presidential issues, well, it's well, a, I, think, well. I think when people are looking at voting for president, they kind of have a sense that it's going to be unlikely that there's a nationalized abortion debate. But I, I give you that one. So that's something like, what else you like? Yeah. And, and, and just on that one, like, I think since that's a big issue in the Republican primary, you know, for, for DeSantis not to be able to answer that question, you know, would you support a federal six week ban? You know, that's an issue that's coming up a lot in, in national Republican politics. Sure. A second thing, which is, um, you know, just something that DeSantis did that I found really problematic, like over the last year when he goes and sends, spends millions of dollars to send state resources, state planes to Texas to pick up immigrants, fly them to Martha's Vineyard. I mean, 
and and that's just kind of a gratuitous. I mean, I think as a taxpayer, I, I would hate to. A waste I, I would hate to dollars. see my money well, wasted that way. It's had a huge way. impact and, and completely changed the entire national message. I loved. You, I mean, that has he there been anything that's moved I'll, the I'll, needle on it more than that? You know what? You want to replace the tax money? Let's do it. Go fund me. I'll donate to it. Well, then do campaign money. How do you know that the cost of the people? What Abbott did was a lot different than what DeSantis did. How's that? Because Abbott at least um, contacted, Texas contacted places and said, we are, you know, we are overloaded with people. And, 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 and they're people who come into my state of Texas. And so we can't handle all of that. And he was supported by some Democratic border town mayors and said, we are bringing people to Chicago. We yes. are bringing people to other places. That's different from using your state's resources to go and fly your plane to do a campaign five deal. states away f- to use human beings as but political like props. That was well, just kind of sickening. For like, and that's why I say, like, I look at things and go, how, like, you're, you're going to be voting for one or two people on a policy. Do you like Gavin and the Democratic uh Immigration policy, which is everybody comes over and you stay forever, or do you like the policies these other people, if they were in control, were doing, which is some type of control on who's coming in, and we have some rational policy. But because here, newsflash, Ron DeSantis isn't going to be on the ticket. It's going to be Donald well, Trump. Well, okay, well, so you want to talk about policy? I mean, well, I let's. Like the, well, anybody. I mean, most Trump's people would policy. Say they like Trump's border policy. Eighty percent of America would now. like Trump's border policy yeah, I mean, over policy. what we have right now. And by the way, Gene, you're included. Yeah, I mean, everybody would look at it as much better. And you but you don't racial. need Trump. To have that, that's that's the baloney of it. Trump has zero policy. So he what's, is what's just Biden's policy. So, I mean, he wants to close the border. He, you know, you have Congress. Oh, Come on. He wants to have close the border. To have congressional support to fix the border <laughs> oh, problem. Oh, I forgot. Right. It's the comprehensive immigration. Well, well you got to have both branches. Wait, Sean, how? Uh, hang on a second here. I'm going to, I, I, you know, I had second thoughts about this. Because, I want to close the well, border. Well, because think about it. The vice president has been there so many damn times, Sean, that we should probably give in to Jane here and say she's right. You know, they're on top of this issue. I just thought, a good it, job. It, and I guess it's it's kind of a problem the other way. If Biden actually thinks it's a problem, then it's a it's definitely a sign that he's not a very good president because he's never fixed the problem. And he's never even attempted to. He's never been there. Okay, okay. Neither did Trump. No but but I got to just say back, Trump had had one campaign promise that was like substance, you know, that that, I, that had some substance in his 2016 campaign, which was I'm going to build the wall. And he built like one hundredth. You know, of of the well, of the wall that, that he said he built. So one thing, you know, it's like you you got one job. That was the one thing he said he would do, and he didn't follow he through. He did on no that. better than so. what's going on now. Oh, that's, that's the sad truth. He was just meaner not, to we're, him. We're at that is too Where's the wall? Stop it. You're you're delusional. And yeah. by the way, I can't wait for listeners that are going to be there tonight to challenge you on that one, Jane. Duke. You get a yeah, chance not, to do that. You're not going to be able to sit here in this friendly right. environment. Hang tight. We've got two more segments to go. Former State Senator Jeff Smith, Jane's on the panel. The Mayor of Eureka, Sean Flower, back with more in a moment. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.
All right, we're back here. It's a rear and round table for a Friday on 97.1 FM Talk. Jane Duker on the panel. She's going to hang in the 4 o'clock hour. Former State Senator Jeff Smith and the Mayor of Eureka, Sean Flower, all with us here. George Santos, the New York Republican congressman who has been indicted on 23 felonies and has been uh, questioned about some ethics violations, was expelled from the House today after a bipartisan vote. Now, this this is, I don't know if you guys are going to see this as a slippery slope. I don't like George Santos. I'm fine to see him go. I wish he would have resigned on his own. You did have Congresswoman Wagner and Cory Bush voting on the same side. The rest of the Republicans in Missouri voted against expelling. Jeff, I'm curious about your position on this. Even the Post-Dispatch wrote an editorial saying there's a dangerous precedent here. So I do have mixed feelings. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think if you peel back the layers of the onion... This was rooted in um, the battle for Congress, the, the broader battle for Congress. The battleground of that battle this year is going to be New York State because House Republicans did incredibly well in New York State last cycle. They won like five swing districts, mm-hmm. uh, several of which they were not expected to win. Those Republicans all have narrow margins and several of them represent Biden districts. And they're very nervous about being tied to George Santos, as they should be. This is what happens in, you know, we've seen this happen before in congressional races. Remember the 2006 cycle when Mark Foley, the Republican, had his own problems with pages, with with House pages. Mm -hmm. And Democrats turned that into something that hurt Republicans in swing districts, not just in Florida, but all around the country. These New York Republicans who represent districts, you know, near George Santos district were sensitive to that and said, we got to take the initiative and get rid of this guy now or we're going to pay for it a year from now and lose the U.S. House, you know, if we lose these five districts here in New York State because of this guy. So that's what's going on under the surface. Only five congressmen have been expelled in the entire history of this country. Uh, Three were guilty of taking up arms against the U.S. I think that's justifiable. I'm going to say yes, I agree with that. And uh, the two other were convicted felons. So he he is not either of those things at this point, which kind of puts him into a different category. So I do have some thoughts where this may have gone too far, not because I care about George Santos, just because of the precedent issue. And the other reason I think I would have voted no is because, to answer the the question that you asked me a minute ago, is because um, all this stuff is pending and going to be adjudicated in court. So it's not like one of these situations where it's like, no one's dealing with him, so we have to. He is being dealt with within the, you know, um, judicial system, the law enforcement system. I wish that that he would have, you know, just resigned on his own and, and done the right thing. He did say if he was expelled, he was going to graciously accept it. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, his I was website's say, we'll not see. There's live anymore. Do. No, there, there really isn't. He'll anything be on Dancing with the Stars soon. Um, let, let's... He, I mean, his makeup has gotten better as time gone. I mean, I got to tell you, he does have flawless skin. So wait, who all... had, did you have the Dancing with the Stars line? I did. That's yeah. probably true. It is. I, I know that was I mean, a good line, but I think that's probably not too far from the truth. Yeah. That's the kind of people they go for on that show. Right. Right. Oh I think my. it's perfect. Yeah. I mean, with the all rehab, that Botox. The rehab process has begun. Yeah. We'll um, we'll get back to some national issues in, in just a minute. I want to talk about some local stuff that's going on. First of all, you, you had a story that you just sent to me from the mm-hmm. RFT about a uh, crime situation. So share that with the audience and with the group here. and We'll see if we can chew on that for a second. This deals with Wesley Bell. Yeah, it deals with St. Louis County, where a St. Louis County man racked up 41 felonies while out on $400 bond. And here's the systematic problem is, you know, the bond is one thing, okay? Like, you know, the judges look at it and say, okay, what's the risk? And, you know, they have to rely on, you know, the the prosecutor and the defense attorney to try to figure out what is proper for bond. 
And um, so the guy gets out first time with $400. So you, you might be able to quibble with that. But the more striking problem is that when these people commit 41 additional felonies, nobody moves to revoke bond. Nobody moves to revoke and put these people in jail once they violate bond. And that's the problem. And that is a, a fundamental policy decision in the St. Louis County Prosecutor's Office that is a problem. It makes I would, no sense if that's what they're doing. Well, why put people on bond if you're not prepared right? to revoke them if they violate the conditions? And we're seeing it over and over and over again. And that is a major problem. And, you know, I'm telling you, I mean, and I just said it during the break that, you know, everybody wants to talk about Kim Gardner. Well, why aren't people holding Wesley Bell to the same standards they held Kim Gardner? I mean, this is this is horrible. And I have to say I'm surprised to hear your endorsement of Congresswoman Bush. I, I'm not endorsing either. Well, I'm by just... the way, just so you're clear, I've endorsed her wholeheartedly because <laughs> I think she's the gift that keeps on giving. And I don't think that Wesley Bell would be any better. So I'm going to put up yard signs for her just so you know. She's I'm the best ho- thing that I, we have going. I, 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 I am, feel like I'm I in some praying. type of bizarro world right now. I, I am praying. I can't figure out how I fit in or what's going on, but it's fine. I'm You'll enjoying be okay, it. I'm, like no, weird, I'm just makes... praying like every other Democrat that, that the, the field is not full yet. That's what I'm really hoping for, because otherwise we're in two bad decisions. All right. Let me stay with St. Louis County here. Tim Fitch, who's a regular on the roundtable, former St. Louis County Councilman, but also the former St. Louis County Police Chief. And when he retired from that, he had a pretty big pension. It was denied by the Stanger administration originally. And then Sam Page decided to double down on that. They had to go to court. They lost. It cost the taxpayers a lot of money. They're having to pay. Chief Fitch is nine percent interest, right? And then one hundred and ten thousand dollars of interest because and the lawyers' fees and lawyers' fees on both sides, right? So, I mean, this ended up being about a seven hundred thousand dollar whack for the taxpayer. Oh well, except that the pension was already going to be there anyway. I think that's a little misleading. But the taxpayers because, paid for the pension, right? Okay, so fair they enough. did, and and yes, he was entitled to it, and he got it. What I don't understand, first of all. I didn't think Democrats like went after people's pensions. Okay, we're we're the people who say that people should be able to keep their pensions, and we we're supposed to be pro worker. And this was just petty. Well, nonsense. I, th- I think there's a double dipping argument to be made if he's an appointed person in St. Louis County, but he was elected. If he has some, you know, cush job making six right, figures, right? But he's a part time legislator. Yeah, and, really. To me, that was like a fairness thing because anybody that knows yeah. Tim would know that he's he's the type of guy that doesn't have to be on the county council. He makes no. plenty of money. He's got a great job. And he volunteers his time to go in there and do that at a job, and particularly at a time that was brutally tough to be in office during COVID and, and all the different issues. And all the guys asking for is, hey, I retired as a chief. Give me my pension while I'm there because that's how I live. And in addition to that, I, you know, it's a small amount that he's getting out of the county. And to die, it, it's you do, the policy shouldn't be to deny people like it Tim their money, and you're going to pay it the same either well, look, way. It was, exactly. it was just grievance. a very it, it was very Jeff petty. Smith, you have a different perspective on that way. as yeah, a Sam petty. Page supporter. I don't have a different perspective on that, Mark. Okay, I'm just making sure. Well, he's a Democrat. He doesn't like to take people's pensions. There it you just, go. I he's think consistent. it's a clear-cut one, and, like, and the decision makes Well, but what happened cut. with Maria Chappelle in the Dow this week, too? Does anyone want to explain that? Because she got a check from the county as well for not being fired correctly by Rochelle Walton Gray, right? No, by— or, uh, By uh, Rita. Right. By Rita. And, and, and I think what Rita's statement was, it was because she was using social media to criticize Sam Page and Wesley Bell. And so— you know, I think they tried to tell her she couldn't do that. But see, here's why what, would that not be a fireable offense, though? Why why do they have to pay her? I, I'm not sure. She gets seventy seven thousand dollars. Right. But I do know that she was very, very upset because Wesley Bell let out a guy. Um, You remember Isis Marr, that girl from Cardinal Ritter who got do, shot yeah. and killed? Yeah, that's her cousin. And Wesley Bell let out this Jalen Jefferson guy 
who, um, you know, actually put a witness's deposition online to intimidate witnesses. Okay, it was known. And they came in and said, we're not ready. So the judge let the guy out. Two weeks later, he shot her. And I mean, so Carl that's Ritter, what that's what Maria Chappelle and so, and that's was her cousin. Teeing and off she on was that. teeing okay. off on that. But we should also mention that she's the, the same person that called for the assassination of Donald Trump on Facebook. So correct. Just, just but so I think clear. like actually criticizing a political a political official on policy is a little different than that. And I think I that it's more you know it's fair game. And I don't blame her for being really really upset. Kim Gardner charged the guy when Wesley Bell wouldn't. So I mean, I can kind of see that you know. That's that was so that so she got a settlement. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, I didn't know if you had so. It seemed like you were gonna weigh weigh in on further things. Democrats there. also like the First Amendment. Yeah, right. <laughs> you, I knew he long, was gonna say. As long say as you it. agree with what you're saying, you guys are all in favor of it. Let I me play it. some audio from Oakland, California, where they <laughs> debated uh, just simply a measure to criticize or I guess you know talk about Hamas being a terrorist organization or show support to the Palestinians or the Israelis. And this was shocking to me in in a sea of shock from the point, you know, that started on October 7th and on this one might take the cake. There's not been beheadings of babies and rapings. Israel murdered their own people on October 7th. Calling Hamas a terrorist organization is ridiculous, racist and plays into genocidal propaganda that is flooding our media and that we should be doing everything possible to combat. I support the right of Palestinians to resist occupation, including through Hamas, the armed wing of the unified Palestinian resistance. Oh, there it is. It's just oppressed versus oppressor. That's all it is, Jeff Smith. Now, doesn't that frighten you just a little bit because those are your people there? Cornell West is going to get his votes from somewhere, and I think we just heard a few of them. If they actually come out and vote, that's the other thing. Yeah, they I, they have I, all time to protest. Wait a second here. You think that's a minority of people? You think that's a minority of people? Because I got some polling ex, here that shows that minority. you're part. Well, I don't think it is. Those, I really don't. Those opinions expressed there are an extreme minority. Certainly, we got a generational divide within the Democratic Party right now. Democrats under thirty are more sympathetic to Palestinian aspirations yes. than to you know than to Israel right now, and that's the tension within the Democratic Party coalition. Not denying that. That doesn't mean that a substantial percentage of the Democratic Party, you know, uh, electorate is in favor of ridiculous things like the things that you just played. I understand that they get clicks. Uh, I, OK, um, well, let, let you tell me how this works out. This is NPR, by the way, the new poll that shows that Americans are more likely to sympathize with the Israelis, 61 percent than the Palestinians, 30 percent. Well, Republicans, 79 percent, independents, 67 percent, more likely to express greater sympathy toward Israel. Democrats are divided. Forty five percent say they have greater sympathy for the Israelis. The same proportion, 45 percent say uh. they love terrorists. So there you go. Congratulations. That's a pretty big difference, wouldn't you say? The same proportion. Can you read what a, it, what the poll said exactly? It, it, what do you mean? Forty five percent of Democrats said they love are, terrorists. Well, those no, might they, have been they, my words. Yeah, that's. Jeff. I thought, but I mean, I let's be honest. Do we want to parse that? I'm just parsing the language a little the bit there. Come on. With yeah, the, they sympathize I, with terrorists. Yes, they ago, sympathize you were really with terrorists. Fact checking. So I just wanted to. Check no, no. That. I mean, you, but you if can you fact like check a, me, I, I'm okay with country both. Right now, I mean, you're not seeing. I, I think that's what's frightening people. If it was a couple of people on a campus, but you're seeing rampant all over campuses, all over the place. Uh, Jewish professors, people that speak out uh, in favor of simply get the hostages back are trapped in classrooms. They don't get proper police protection. Amen. People aren't punished. It's terrible. Uh, you see professors publishing and putting out, giving people days off. How about the Wash U guy? Sure. How about the Wash U professor guy? Right. I'm sitting here going. I've guest lectured for him several times over the years. Well, he's a menace. And 
Uh, and and the fact that he doubled down. I know. I know. He's a men- he is an absolute yeah. menace. But, and, I mean- but what I think is concerning is he's trying to, and not that it's exactly what you're saying, but he's almost using the kind of line you're saying where it's like, I can be in favor of uh, of the Palestinians, but I'm, I'm also, uh, that doesn't anti- make Hamas. me anti-Hamas. But you're like, look, you're, you're parsing this. It's, it's, part of it is like, this is just not the right thing. They won't say, they won't acknowledge the seventh. They won't acknowledge the atrocities on there. You get to the point now where you think they need to take that uh, video they've been showing to the uh, reporters yeah, and yeah. make it mandatory on every campus, almost like we should go back to how we used to show 9-11 uh, videos in school and show it, because I just think there's there's just a Can lack of Can we go back to the Holocaust? Yeah. How about if we educate we this generation history. on the Holocaust? Yeah, history has started about 10 years ago, and, and when you said that colonization idea, it's the same thing here where we're talking about, okay, none of us are supposed to be here just like the Israelis aren't supposed to be in Palestine. We've got all no, – none of us are grounded in reality, and it's actually starting to get dangerous. And, so and the, go ahead, Jeff. I just want to kind of go to, back to, to Mayor Fowler's point. It's only going to get worse with, with AI becoming better and better and better. It's hard enough to get people to understand yeah, things that happened in the, in the very recent past. Once you really can't distinguish what is real and what is not based on these images and these videos produced by AI, I think we're in for a but, real tough but here, But here's my problem. One side seems to be doing more marketing in AI than the other. One side seems to be more violent than the other side. I don't see Israeli protests where people are beating up cops and ripping down flags. Chasing teachers and, in New right. York into I don't, an that, office. That is happening on one side. I mean, when, you're, when, you're, when you're protesting uh, Christmas trees, yeah. to make a point about uh, Israel, I'm confused. Let, but, let me, but, let me uh, go to the specifics, though, of the guy from Watch U2, the Brett Gustafson. Gustafson, am I saying that right? Brett Gustafson? Yeah. I don't know. Just, yeah, just spell he, it anti He said, Let's, let those who enable mass murder not live in peace. So people responded to that, and then, you know, there's backlash. Uh, it's shared by a group called Stop Anti-Semitism. And then he responds this way. He goes, people are conflating um, the, what is, the group is, a I P A C. What what is APAC. that? APAC. APAC. Right, but what is that? He's mad that Jewish people have money. And oh, I'm sorry. Actually... American Israel Public Affairs Committee. Correct. Okay, American Israel Public Affairs Committee. So he says people are conflating that with Judaism and all Jews, which is in itself anti-Semitic. If that had happened in front of a synagogue, <laughs> oh my God. I would denounce it. I most certainly do not condone violence against Jews. Well, it sure sounded that way, considering what happened on October 7th if and what's happening since. If you talk about colonization and you talk about oppression. Okay, there was one party that violated the ceasefire. Okay, that was Hamas. And everyone who agrees with Hamas is a terrorist and is anti-Semitic. And the, and the fact that they get these people, now I'm just telling you, there are paid protesters everywhere. And St. Louis has, you know, the lady who wanted to see uh, P- uh, Jewish people burn right in front of her eyes and she wanted to help burn them, Naveen. She's the one leading the protests in St. Louis. Somebody's paying her. These are organized protesters. These are organized protesters. The Israeli ones are not. This woman is in, and I want to repeat this every week, until the governor or someone does something about it. She's in the National Guard. She's in the Missouri National Guard. Okay, but Gene, how can nobody do anything about that at this point? I I was in the governor's office, and the governor, he has all power over the Missouri National Guard. These are policies that are against the policy of the United States and our our national security. And this woman... Yeah, that's interesting. All right. Well, we're going to I'd like to find out more about they that. And we, we've you know talked about it now for a couple of weeks. Hang in there. We got one more segment to go. It's a rear and round table for a Friday. By the way, on the topic of Brian Kilmeade, we have our Kilmeade Christmas event tonight in Eureka. Sean Flower, the mayor of Eureka, is on the panel this afternoon. Brian and uh, his team 
were to have landed a few minutes ago, and we're hoping to get them in the 4 o'clock hour, but it just kind of depends on whether they were in time. And if we don't get them in, we're going to see them tonight. Jane will be there, Fred, Abby, Sue, the whole gang. We can't wait for that. Let's talk about Elon Mayor Musk Flower. just a little bit. Mayor Flower will be there. Sorry, Sean, I didn't mean and to leave And it's his hometown. Right? I mean, it's his, it's his area. It took me a long time to get Brian there. <laughs> Let's uh, let's talk about Elon Musk here just for a little bit. So one of the things that frustrates me about modern media, maybe all media, is they, they never really put in the, um, the issue that we're all arguing about or what's controversial about the person. So let me do that first and foremost because I saw this on Twitter. In fact, I retweeted it with the eyeball saying, look at this, because I thought it was a little unusual at the time when, when I saw Elon tweet this. So there was a tweet from someone out there that doesn't really matter called a Breaking Bot that said, okay – Jewish communities have been pushing the exact kind of dialectical hatred against whites that they claim to want people to stop using against them. I'm deeply disinterested in giving the tiniest blank now about Western Jewish populations coming to the disturbing. And then he goes on about, you know, everything that's been going on. So Elon Musk says, you have said the actual truth. Well, there's blowback to that. And then that's deemed anti-Semitic. And he actually then apologizes for it. And he says, I'm sorry for that post. It was foolish to me of the 30,000. It might be literally the worst and dumbest post I've ever done. And I tried my best to clarify six ways from Sunday. But, you know, I at least think it'll be obvious that I'm, in fact, um, far from being anti-Semitic. He was just in Israel, and by the way, and took a very strong stand pro-Israel. But here's what he said when he was asked the other day at this New York Times event about Bob Iger and Disney and some of the other big CEOs pulling back on advertising on X. There was all of the criticism. There was advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger today. I hope today. they stop. You hope? Uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If, if somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go f*** yourself. But go f*** yourself. <laughs> is that clear? I, I hope it is. So... If I had two hundred, if I was worth two hundred fifty billion, hell, if I was worth two hundred fifty dollars, I, I might say because you know that's blank, blank me money, right? Go blank me money. Uh, it's interesting. And Jane, you even said even Bob Iger, he kind of took the high road, right? Didn't yes. rule out advertising again, but Elon certainly not too happy smart. about all that. And and look, I think the guy is clearly. I hate to say it, but I think he's on the spectrum, and I don't think that's. A bad thing, but I, I'm not sure that he fully. That's not fair. I was saying the same things when I was running for re-election. But we it know works about great. you, yeah. yeah so, <laughs> but anyway, um, but you know, he is tapping into a sentiment that a lot of people are angry. They are sick and tired of corporations bowing to every wind. You know, get out of politics and just do your thing, right? And and Iger actually, in his call to shareholders, has said, "We're out of the politics game." It's killing them. Well, I think that's why they brought him back because it, they it has been killing them, right? And, and their box office numbers the last couple of months have been outrageous. I don't know how the revenue works with Walt Disney and how much is coming from Disney Plus and the theme parks and all that, but those movie numbers are atrocious. I mean, you used to open a Disney movie at 100 million plus, and it's barely, they're barely cracking 30 million on holiday weekends. Right. So, I mean, look, so I, I, I get it. I, I do think that was way over the top and stupid because I mean by the way you know I mean this is a company that you're supposed to be you know properly running and and basically you're screwing your shareholders well, think, think about his weekend though so he does that he goes out and tells all I think Americans intuitively are it's pretty nice to see somebody that's got the ability to not care and tell all these big CEOs and everybody else I don't care what you do, it, do what if you any other CEO wait, did it but people... wait now this weekend he's not any other CEO he's shot a rocket into space 
from his own company. And then he He's had an advertisement today where he ran his Cybertruck and it beat a Porsche over a whatever a, you know sixty mile thing, dragging totally the it. exact same Porsche. Jeff, He's a unique person. He's a very unique person. Uh, it's impossible to disagree with that. But what is also unique, and what I think will probably be a Harvard Business School case study a decade from now is how he's basically squandered almost $50 billion of, of worth of, in a of company that in people company, invested in. A brand value. And I, I know he's worth a couple hundred billion dollars, but it's not like, his money. It's almost like he was intentionally trying to drive this company yep. into the ground. Well, I've never seen anything there like There are it. some stories today about the, the per, I can't remember the woman's name who's in charge of advertising. Linda, Linda Yaccarino. She's yeah. a little challenged right now. Yeah, yeah. she's trying to figure out yeah. some stuff. All right, one <laughs> more topic. In charge. Uh, the Cardinals have cobbled <laughs> together a bit of a pitching staff, and Sonny Gray is a good signing. Now, the average age of our pitching staff, sure, it's 75, but that's okay because I think they're going to still add care. some pieces. Maybe they could run for president. No, in today's world, that's better. You get 75 plus i mean that's when you're in your prime I mean, yeah. but in all seriousness though i think that they've you know early moves here and i think maybe more is to come i feel good about how quickly mo and the team have reacted here now i hope so yeah i know it's still a little nerve-wracking but sunny gray is going to be a great addition i think he's going to fit with the cardinals lance lynn is coming back and kyle gibson i read bernie Mickles a lot i love bernie i've always liked him over the decades he's made a very strong and passionate case that the kyle gibson signing in particular is being underestimated by cardinal nation so you never know until they play the games team we've wrapped up the round table here for a friday afternoon sean flower we're going to see you tonight you're wearing a tux, right? This is black tie option. Yeah, no, you knew I that, right? If you're going to be seen with us, no, I gotta, like I said, I got to get out up. here and get the corsage for Jane, and then we'll be out there. So. Jeff yes. Smith, corsage. it's still your birthday month celebration. Jeff celebrates for five to six weeks, but your actual birthday, <laughs> 50th birthday, is next weekend, right? Next, <laughs> next Saturday. Happy birthday. Happy for birthday, poker, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come and play poker with you if I'm not going to Vegas. I'm supposed to go to Vegas, so we're going to see. There's a little... Little, uh, it, you know, it'll be like a big round table with about it will be. 10, it will 10 be. St. Louis. Jane's going to hang out. We're well, out of time. Hang in there. Get more at 971talk.com. All star closer, Kenley Jansen. We have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.